Well, I'm, I'm looking here through, through the telescope. Uh, it's one of the most powerful in the country. It's a 12-inch refractor. It's 20 foot long and collects thousands of times more light than the human eye does. This is Dave Moore. He's the head of Astronomy Ireland and he's at his special observatory in Dunsink. Everyone has their traditions on Christmas Eve, I'm sure you do, and Dave Moore is no different. He goes to his observatory every year. But last year, something happened. Something incredible. Well, I've come up here every year to watch Santa through the telescope every Christmas Eve. It's become a bit of a tradition, in fact, ever since I was a small child, to see if I could spot Santa at first. And if you know where to look, you can pick up Santa coming in. I've noticed over the years he comes in from the Orion constellation and uh, he, he will cross the sky in a particular way. Uh, and things were running pretty normal last year. We, we could see him arriving on time in the right place, but he seemed to be delayed a bit in the southeast, uh, which was a bit unusual. And because he spent so long in the southeast, we were quite curious as to, as to what would happen. We took a very close look as he was leaving, and we noticed he didn't have eight reindeer. It's as if he left one of them behind. It was like fairy tale, but just in Wexford. Once upon a time, no, no, not once upon a time, this time last year, one of Santa's reindeer ended up staying with an Irish family for the whole year. So this is our cow shed. We have over 50 cows. Now, over Christmas, they'd all have to be indoors. This is the family. They're the Mulreedies. There is Pat and Olivia. She had some beautiful uh, babies very recently. Over the springtime, they're starting to get getting big and bold now. And their children, Lynn and Colin. There's a cock-a-doodle doers. <laughs> they own a farm, a normal farm. They have cattle, they have sheep, they have hens, not the most popular animal. They're very annoying. Yeah. They wake us up at like six o'clock in the morning and then we have to go yeah. down and then feed them. Yeah. <laughs> they never give us a break, to be honest. Yeah, they're kind of annoying. They have a prize bull. Now we're coming to where my prize bull Macintosh lives. Here he is now. Isn't he a grand big fella altogether? The horns on him. He's having a good feed of hay there. In you come, lads. What do you think of him? He's not scary. Look, he's a big friendly eyes on him. You just can't see him with all his hair. But what makes their farm different from yours or mine is that they own two reindeer. You see, now, ever since I was a kid, I always loved reindeer. So how could you not love reindeer? Everybody loves them. So when I got the farm, I said, why not? And I got a couple of reindeer. Two regular Arctic reindeer. These ones cannot fly. I wanted to give them authentic polar names like Torinin and Laskill, but the children had other ideas. That one is called Bang Bang. He keeps banging into everything. That one is called Snowdrop. And this is the start of our story, which begins this time last year. I got myself a little job um, in an off licence in the town. 
Um, I have to be honest with you, I, I enjoyed working in there, but I certainly did not enjoy working on Christmas Eve. I was would have much happier been at home, lighting the fire, getting ourselves together and all ready for, for the, the, the enjoyable night ahead and the day. But I went in um, and would just worked away, but all the time thinking of being at home. Well, we were watching a movie and um, my mom was off working, so she wasn't in the house. Well, we were like extremely excited because we were waiting for um, Santa Claus to come. Will you quit it? What? I'm trying to swim here. Uh, we were watching uh, Finding Nemo and yeah, the fire was uh, blazing away and it was, it was kind of cold outside, but uh, we were kind of grand in there. Wait a minute. Stop following me, okay? What are you talking about? But on the night when it happened, I was working away down the sheds. I thought I heard something. It was like a bang. It was as if something had landed. Then the dogs started barking and the animals had noticed something. The cows were restless. And when I walked back to the reindeer stables, they had their heads out to the door. They were straining to look at the house. It was a bit odd. They normally, you know, stay in out of it, especially in weather like that. We had one of those uh, sensor lights at the front of the house and it came on. Like, like if anyone comes into the yard, it comes on, you know. So I thought, yeah, maybe the kids are outside or maybe there was someone at the front of the house. Yeah, the loud bang was like really scary because like no one can like that can be have like a loud bang that loud like so it was really scary but we didn't know whether to answer it or not. I looked out the window and it, it wasn't too dark and I saw this guy in a, in a red suit and a white beard and I got some shock but then I knew it had to be Santa. Then like I looked out the window and I saw a sleigh. I I was just so excited. And I actually hugged my brother because I didn't know what else to do. I thought I was uh, kind of hallucinating for a bit now. And I thought I was going a bit mental. I, I called Lynn over and she, she looked out the window and she said, Oh, God. So I ran up from the shed and I had just come round the corner of the house. And at first I was a bit startled. I could see the front door opening. Out came Lynn and Colm. And there, standing right in front of them, was Santa Claus himself. I was kind of scared, but Colm opened up the door and then, like, all we see is, like, a red kind of, like, furry thing. And then, like, I just... I didn't know what to do, so I just ran over, like, to open the door with him. And then um, here was Santa, like, right in front of us. And we were, like... We weren't even scared anymore. And um, he was wearing, like, a white... Um, he had like white around his arms and um, his sleeves were like all red and he was in like a, um, a red suit and um, he had a really long white beard but it was like really white it was really cool and he had um, really bright blue eyes and um, all his reindeers were there as well oh it was just fantastic like I don't think anyone else would believe us it was just like a miracle I finished work, I was finished at 9.30. There was a, a strange sensation in the air that night. It was freezing, bitter, bitter cold. It was absolutely perishing, but there was just a strangeness in the air. There was a quietness. It's always quiet because obviously we live in a farm, but there was just something more about that particular night. And as I was walking up towards the house, I, I could feel it as the closer I was getting. And lo and behold, I was met with the, the scene that was in front of me. 
And that was, there was a, a very badly injured reindeer um, lying on the ground. The children were around him. Uh, Pat was out there. And it was a very surreal experience. Um, you know, what? You know where did this particular reindeer come from? We have reindeers ourselves. And my first instinct was, well, did one of our reindeers get free and, you know, injure themselves in some way? But you knew straight away from the second you looked at him, he wasn't one of our reindeers. He was completely different completely different to look at um, and again uh, very I, I don't know how I can explain this to you it was an aura does that make sense there was this aura around his whole body and his head there was something uh, wafting off him you know that he was just totally different he was humongous <laughs> so <laughs> very very exciting very scary very unnerving but it was oh I like I can't even explain how how fantastic it ended up ended up being in the long run. Do you remember Dave Moore, the guy from Astronomy Ireland, who was watching Santa flying into Ireland on Christmas Eve and he noticed that a reindeer was missing. The main problem we had was that there were eight reindeer when Santa came in, uh, but there wasn't eight, there was one missing when he left. So that was our big mystery. We called it the reindeer mystery. Well, he was beginning to put one and one together. He knew a reindeer had disappeared. He knew where. He just didn't know how or why. We fed all the details into our computer and it came up. But he was getting close. Very close. Uh, that something must have happened over Wexford in the southeast, just as we thought. All my colleagues thought I was, thought I was crazy. Nobody would listen to me in our office, so I rang up uh, RTE talked to the documentary on one team and uh, we decided we'd, we'd go off on, on the trail down to Wexford and start asking around to see had anything been seen in the area on the night itself which was much closer than we were so if anything had happened there could have been eyewitnesses Well uh, let's, let's try down here it uh, must be somewhere around here this looks like the kind of area we've, we've searched high and low for everything else this uh, older gentleman here, he must know the area. Let's, let's ask him. Excuse me. Um, I'm wondering... Uh, so for, for a, a couple of months, we drove around with a documentary crew uh, looking to see, did anybody know anything about a reindeer being left behind? About any reindeer in this area? Reindeer? Is there any reindeer, especially yeah. recently? There's a farm around here, all right, called Mulready's. They have a few reindeer up there, all right. Really, yeah? Yeah. You wouldn't know if they've come come across any more recently. I didn't see any new ones. Um, well, I think it's worth checking out. You'd be as well to go up to his place, because do you know where he lives? Uh, uh, no, no idea at all. Well, you're sort of, you're a bit out of your way here, you know. The best thing you can do now is go back out the main So I heard him say the reindeer farm. Uh, that was just too much of a coincidence. I knew we were on to something at that stage. But, I mean, to put the two together, it was just too much of a coincidence, wasn't it? I mean, uh, reindeer goes missing over a reindeer farm. Uh, you just have to go along, knock on the door and see what happens. So with his fresh information about the reindeer farm, Dave Moore went to the Mulready family farm. How would you react if an astronomer and a documentary crew arrived on your doorstep? Especially if you're hiding one of Santa's reindeer.
I'm David Moore from Astronomy Island. Is your is your father in? Um, yeah, um, Dad. Yeah. There's, there's a man at the door. All right, coming out. Hello. Hi, I'm David Moore from Astronomy Island. Mm -hmm. uh, we're doing a bit of a documentary about some reindeer that have gone missing, and we hear that you have some reindeer on on your farm. Um. Yes, we do. We do. We've been farming them for some time now. Yeah. We're just wondering, are you, would you have had any recent additions to your your flock? Um, what's this, Yoke? Are you, is it, are you recording? We're recording for the documentary with RTE, yes. Right, well, I'll tell you what, do you want to come in and have a cup of tea, but would you mind switching off the yoke there? No, that'll be fine. Okay, come on in, sir. Right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So last February, um, Dave Moore and yourselves, you called to the door and when we saw you, we got an awful fright. And as you'll probably remember now, we had to tell you to turn off the recording equipment straight away because it was essential that, you know, we keep this as, as secret as possible. And we were extremely nervous when we saw yourselves there. You know, what were we going to do? Well, like Santa said, like he made a promise, like we made a promise that like we wouldn't tell anyone. Well, he told me to make sure that I can't tell anyone at all because um, the Blitzen, of course, is a really, really special reindeer and if you like, if he gets too known and if everyone finds out, oh, look, there's Blitzen, oh, he, he's the reindeer that can fly, oh, let's make him fly, let's like, make him fly, things like that. He he won't, he, like, he won't become so magic anymore. He won't be like the same Blitzen that he was every other year. He'll be, he'll be just a normal reindeer. He was just kind of saying it's really important that, like, if we don't, like, tell anyone, really, except, like, our family, not even all our family, but, like, just, like, my brother and, like, my mum and dad. But if, like, anyone else knew, like, well, like, he just wouldn't be able to fly anymore. I don't know how, but he just wouldn't. It's just something that happens to him. So it'd be, like, really sad. And, like, Santa wouldn't really be able to deliver the presents. So I think it would just be really sad for him all. Pat and I were, were up the wall really at that point how are we going to fix this when you were starting to ask us questions about Blitzen how did you know all of these questions started jumping into our mind and did anybody else know there, there was a tense moment there for a while uh, I didn't think they were going to tell me everything they seemed very nervous about, about the whole thing so Pat and I went into the sitting room and um, we were we were stir crazy about this at that point um, you know we're so nervous about yourselves being out in the kitchen and sitting down having the cup of tea how are we going to answer your questions that, that, that you had but they, they went away had a little family meeting as we were having the chat we were standing there and the most bizarre incident happened down the chimney comes this bright green and red envelope and we were like what? <laughs> and it was marked by Santa because it had a stamp on it, on it and it had to be from the North Pole, it had to be from Santa. But again, it just ties in with the whole bizarre scenario that we were in. Like, Santa knows everything. He knew what was going on. So I ran over, picked it up, opened it up, and inside, very, very simple message, simply said, you can share the secret with them, they're OK, signed Santa Claus. It was as simple as that. We were allowed to talk to yourselves. But one of the most important things was that we knew that none of this could come to pass and nobody could hear about it until this Christmas. Um, and that was essential because um, Blitzen had to get himself ready to, to be join Santa and the rest of the reindeers on the sleigh. We found that was a very important uh, thing that we had to do, that we had promised we were going to do. 
but we were delighted people were going to get to hear the story and and know that this really happened to us. It's amazing. So then we switched back on the recorder. He introduced me to his family and everything was fine from then on. We had a great time. And you can tell your friend to turn back on his recording stuff. Okay. Right. This way. Right. Oh, here's the family. So, David, this is my wife, Olivia. Olivia. Hello. It's nice to meet you. Pleased to meet you. My daughter, Lynn, and my son, Colin. Hello, Lynn. Hello, Colin. Hi. We're going to bring this gentleman over to meet Blitzen. But before we meet Blitzen, I know you can't wait. As they walk over to the stables, the Mulreadys explain to Dave Moore what happened that night on Christmas Eve. You're fine making your documentary, but I'd ask that you don't tell anyone about this until he's safely back in Lapland. But who better to explain it than the man himself? The one. Exactly. The only. Santa Claus. A month ago, we travelled to Lapland for an exclusive interview with Santa Claus and to discover why Blitzen had to be left behind. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain, uh, Michael Barnes, speaking. We are flying at 5,000 feet over Lapland airspace. We advise those of you at the windows to be vigilant, as you never know who you may spot, even at 5,000 feet. We will be landing in 20 minutes at the North Pole, so uh, local time on arrival is 10 o'clock. We hope you enjoyed your flight. Thank you. Circle to Santa Claus Village. Hi, my name is Kieran Cassidy. I'm working with RTE in Ireland. It's just concerning a documentary we're making about the Mulready family in Wexford. Oh, yes, yes, and what happened last year? Come on in, Kieran, come on in. Oh, listen, the prick. Give him a bit of space there. Come on in and sit down by the fire. Oh, yes, yes, yes. About last Christmas, you were asking me, but I'd been delivering presents in Scotland, and I noticed that Blitzen was having a bit of a problem. His leg was lame, and he seemed a bit poorly. Now, we tried to continue, but by the time we were over Ireland, I had a major dilemma on my hands. The sleigh was unbalancing. Now, I had a choice. I could return to the North Pole and leave Blitzen there, but I would lose an awful lot of time. I would have lost so much time that there was a chance that some of the children might not get their presents. I needed a place, somewhere safe. Then I remembered the Mulreadys and their farm. So I stopped over there and I said to them, I said, would you be able to look after Blitzen? I said, if you just nurse him back to health, I'll collect him when the time is right and he's fit and proper. So I thanked them when they said they'd be able to do that, and we unharnessed poor Blitzen. Now, before I left, I had to give them one very important piece of advice. The more people that see him, the more people that he interacts with, the more chance he has of becoming domesticated. Because if he becomes domesticated, he'll never be able to fly. Now... Back to Wexford. Right. The Mulreadys, Dave Moore, the astronomer, and you've been waiting, yes, yes, the star of the show, Blitzen. So here we go now. We can just make our way through the chickens. 
and this is the barn that we're keeping. Now, we just keep it nice and quiet going in so we don't startle it, okay? Hello. Hello, it is only us. Now, wow, what do you think, Han? So much bigger than I expected. Yeah, he's not like a normal deer you'd see around this part of the world at all, is he? Those antlers. <laughs> Those are his antlers. They'd take your eye out if you weren't careful, huh? Would you like a description? He's huge. He's got great big antlers. There's a sparkle in his eyes. And that front leg looks good too. He looks... Yeah, he looks so docile, so happy here. He is now. Now, uh, when he came along first, he wasn't well. He was poorly. He had a bad old leg and he wasn't well. But we all gave him all the love and attention we could. And thankfully now he seems to be well on the mend. Oh, yes, he's certainly looking very, he's looking very well. But I think, you know, it's the kids really who have won him over. And you're looking after him, have you? Yeah. yeah. This must be amazing to have your own flying reindeer on your own farm. You're just so lucky. I'm so jealous and so envious. Yeah, it's, 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 it's great fun now having him around. Yeah, he's getting really used to us now. Yeah, he's not so shiny. He's not shy at all, actually. You're, you're not allowed to sit on his back and fly around with him yet? Is that, that too dangerous? Well, no, we don't have permission from the man himself for that kind of thing, so we wouldn't want to risk it. I've never been this close to a reindeer. Is it okay if I if I stroke him? Absolutely. He's not absolutely. too nervous. No, he's very friendly. He's very friendly. Wow, his coat is so soft. Yes, it is. It's amazing, isn't it? Magic. Yeah, you see how he keeps so warm, <laughs> flying he looks around. Like a normal reindeer, but there's something different about him, isn't there? He's, he's got a, his, eyes. his eyes. They're sparkly, aren't they? And how did he get on with your other reindeers? Absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. We keep them separate because they don't eat the same food and that. But when we do leave them out for a trot around the field, they get on like a house on fire. Well, this is obviously a very important story here. And I'm wondering, are we the only people who know about the reindeer? That's right. We haven't told anybody else. But uh, there is one person who keeps trying to find out. Isn't that right, Colm? Uh, yeah, he's kind of—he's been acting a bit funny, but we know he's trying to like trying to find out something about us. Like he's looking over the fence. He's one of our neighbours, and he's kind of looking over the fence with a kind of a suspicious eye. And, like, ah. uh, what is his name? Linus. Yeah, he's trying to like—he's always asking questions to me. Like he's always asking me, like, "Do you have like reindeers?" I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "What's your deal? I have reindeer. I live in a farm. Big deal." Ah, well, we live out here in the middle of nowhere, like. So the Mulvies are our only neighbours. Little Linus now would always be snooping around the farm. The thing about that, though, is if Linus was to find out, you may be sure the whole world would know soon after. You can't really blame Linus. If you were an inquisitive little boy and you saw a giant reindeer and a documentary crew on your neighbour's farm, you'd be asking questions yourself. Wouldn't you? What does this do? That's the, the recording device. Why do you need it? Uh, it? It puts all the stuff down on a hard drive. Oh, that's boring. What's that? That's the microphone and it's inside a protective heading. Why does he need that? And they're earphones. They are going straight from the 722 to his head. Why is he called a 722? My name is Linus Mulvey. I'm 11. 
Well, every morning I've been going up and I, ha I got this new spike kit and it has binoculars and uh, uh, night vision goggles. And I can I can stay there until night time because I have the night vision goggles and I can see everything. And I'm seeing a lot of strange stuff because there's these the reindeer and most of them are pretty small, but one of them is just really big and it's really strange. And I think there's something really different going on. In school, I was going around and I was asking Colm and Lynn what was happening on their farm. I, I definitely knew there was something strange going on, but they wouldn't tell me anything. There was definitely a secret. Now, last Christmas, as we were all getting over the turkey and ham and taking down the decorations, the Mulreadies had different issues. What to do with Santa's injured reindeer? Oh, well, it, was, it is a bit of a blur. Those first early days, they're, they're, they flew so quickly and um, everybody was so anxious to get Blitzen back up on his feet and, and basically nurse him back to health to get him, get him as right as rain as best we could. So I have a friend that's working in, um, in a vet, but also another friend that's working in a chemist. So between the two of them, I was able to get together uh, plenty of stuff. And, and, you know, what, what do you get... Santa's reindeer what you know what kind of medicine is he going to take and how is he going to respond to it and all these things were going through my mind you know do I get him stuff that we would have get, gotten for our own reindeers to nurse them back to health or if they were sick or what so the best we could do was it was a strange mixture of, uh, of, of stuff that we would have gotten for our own reindeer but also bizarre things were helping him get better like um Sweet things were helping him get better, you know. So it's it's clear that up in the North Pole, he was obviously getting Santa fed him, you know, maybe candy canes or something like that for treats. But those were the things that were were, were making him feel better, as as well as of course as the medicine that we were giving to him. So you're probably wondering, what's it like having Santa reindeer on your farm? I don't think any other child could experience the way that me and Colm did. It was just. It was just like, I don't know what, like, to be honest. It was just something else. You, could, you can't actually tell. <sighs> yeah. You can just kind of see it in his eyes. He kind of has, like, sparkles in his eyes. And when you look, you can just really tell that, like, he's happy. But, some, like, when he came here, he was, like, so shy that he wouldn't even get in the door. He wouldn't come near us. He's kind of backing away, but um, we kind of bribed him with food to come in the house, so, yeah. Santa stayed in touch. Of course he did. He would never forget about one of his favourite reindeer. He would write regularly to the Mulreadies. It's kind of a, an, an odd envelope. It's not like an ordinary one. It's like a square one, and um, it's just really cool because it has, like, it's really bright green and red, and um, it has, like, multicolour kind of, like, Christmassy colours, and it has, um, like pictures of um, Christmas decorations and um, it was just amazing. Dear Mulreadies, thank you very much for looking after Blitzen. I know of this e excellent recovery. It will be soon time for m me to collect him. I cannot thank you for your kind act in nursing Blitzen back to health. Santa Claus. We could see after a, a couple of weeks, I suppose, that he was, you know, he was starting to make a recovery. There was a glow to him and his appetite. There'll be more fuel in a plane. Right, Colm, come on with me. It's time to feed Blitzen. Now, every morning, you see, we have to get up. You jump up ahead there first, fight. Every morning, you see, we have to go and feed Blitzen after we feed the other cattle. And the strange thing about it is, we have to get 
hay specially flown in from the North Pole. And North Pole hay is only half the weight of normal hay you get here in Ireland, you see. It has to be that light or else he wouldn't be able to fly. But because it's so light, we have to use three or four times as much of it as we would a normal hay. So that's our first job every morning, isn't that right? Yep. Okay. Here we go. Well, I suppose the first thing I had to worry about really was food. You see, now my own reindeer here are Arctic reindeer, so you can feed them the same as pretty much the same as you'd feed the cows and all. But Blitzen is a very special cousin, and so used to a very specific and different diet. So I had to track this guy down, Noivin is his name, in Samiland, and he orders the stuff for me and ships it over. Hello, Niven. It's Pat. How are things in Samiland? Yeah. Uh, that's great, Niven. A half ton would be great. This, I think... Huh? I said that's great, Niven. Uh-huh. Myself and Linny now are going to go up and feed the duckies. Yeah. There they are now. And they're not supposed to be in the water. Did you bring some feed, love? Yeah. OK, good girl. Here. Come back, come back, you scamps. <laughs> come back. Do you want food or not? <laughs> <laughs> That's typical. Yeah. We have guests and we want them to be well behaved. Yes. What are they doing? They run off. Time passed fast, especially when you have a reindeer on your farm. One month led into another. It was perfect. So we had Blitzen at this point uh, for a good few months and he was being nursed back to health and thankfully he was really getting on the mend and we, we felt like he was happier in, him, in himself and he, at this point, was really settled in with ourselves and the other animals. When Blitzen arrived and um, we, we basically started ploughing into getting him back to health and helping him recover from his injuries, um, there was a huge change in the children's um, appreciation, I guess, of the animals that we had on the farm and that we've been tending to for the last 20-odd years. Basically, all they wanted to do was be out with Blitzen, but more importantly, they started wanting to be out with the other animals as well. And I think their appreciation for just animal life in general really went up when Blitzen came to our farm. And I think they enjoyed us so much. All they wanted to do was be out with him, you know, walking him. But like I said, they also wanted to work with the other animals. And we got to spend a lot of time with him. But Pat got to spend a lot of time with uh, with Colin particularly because he wanted to go and help him, you know, clean out the the pig shed, clean out, the, you know, help with the chickens. And, you know, Lynn was coming with me to feed the, feed the ducks and feed the chickens. And just we really started, we were always a, a great and wonderful and happy family. There's no doubt about it. But there was just something about this that made us all that bit closer. Blitzen was there at the back. His magic rubbed off on us all. It was the beginning of summer. Things were quiet on the farm. The planting had been done. Blitzen was improving. And there were two new additions. So here we have our two latest arrivals, two little puppy dogs, but we haven't got names for them yet, or have we, lads? No. Have you named them yet? No. What do you think? I think I should name this one Scooby, because you're kind of like Scooby. Yeah. I'm going to name him Zebra. He looks like a zebra. No, he doesn't. He does. He's black and white. He's smelling everything. <laughs> yeah. We put them down? See them run around a bit? They chase each other around all morning. Wait for each other. Scallywags, mad for play. <laughs> oh, <that's good>. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, stop it now. Hey, 
scam. But then, the most incredible, sensational thing happened. Well, um, I was just in the kitchen doing the what? doing the dishes and then Colm just flies through the door and says like oh my god oh my god guess what and I'm like what and then he's like oh my god oh my god guess what I'm like what and I was like Blitzen just flew for the first time and like I just it was just amazing but like I was really sad that I missed it. I was um, taking him for a walk and I was just coming back uh, into the yard we were just walking over and I just saw him kind of run over to he was running back over to where, where we keep all the other deer but then um the strange thing happened, he was running, but then uh, kind of gradually he started lifting off and then um, and then he didn't really move forward that much and he was kind of uh, going up a bit vertical. And he went up about the height of the house and uh, he went past uh, mum and dad's uh, bedroom window and then he came back uh, He came back down again and just walked back into the where the reindeers were all kept and I, I just thought it was uh, like completely amazing because I I was kind of a bit, uh, I was hoping he'd kind of get off and start flying but I didn't want like him to get hurt or anything and I didn't want him to be like... Um, feel a bit weak or feel that he has to get flying soon because then there'd be all pressure on him like but um when he when he got off and started flying i thought it was absolutely amazing and then um he just came back down again and walked off as if um as if like he was just after coming back from the walk which he had but as if nothing even happened after the walk and then he just walked back into where the reindeers were and just had a little lie down um a couple of days later and um we were like just making sure that Blitzen was okay and that he was actually recovering and he wasn't going to get sick again. And um, we just, like, walked out of the house and then all we see is Blitzen flying to the sky. But, like, it wasn't... It was only about for 10 seconds, but, like, it was just amazing because, like, it can really just show that we, like, took care of him really well and um, that he wasn't going to, like, get sick again. Well, he might, but, like, not for a good while. And um, I just can't actually describe how I actually felt that day. It was just actually so amazing. And, um, like, I never saw a reindeer fly before. Like, I knew it was real, but it's just... You wouldn't think that a reindeer could fly. And, like, he didn't have any wings or anything, because like, he was a normal reindeer, kind of. But um, I don't know how he just flied, flew. flew. Um, I don't know how he flew, but... Um, it just seemed like he... It was like as if he was walking, but it was just on air. He was walking on air. So it was just, like, amazing. It's kind of like the song, Walking in the Air. So, except it was a reindeer, so... And, like, it's easier to take care of, like, a real reindeer that, like, is from Earth, but his is from, like, the North Pole. Pole. So, where are we now in your farm? Uh, these are the geese over there. It makes too much noise, like. Did you ever get attacked by one? Did no. they ever? No. That's what he thinks of that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Basil there, the brown one. Yeah. And what's the fellow behind his name again? That's Padder, um, isn't it? Padder. Yeah. I like calling him Nonim. Nonim? Like, like short for no name. Because I couldn't remember his name. Oh, yeah, Nonim. Like they're great watchdogs, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. But I hate geese. <laughs> By watchdogs, if somebody's coming, they just make tons of noise. Yeah. 
Yeah, they'll give us a shout. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only good thing about them. They yeah. like us, though, and they like the children, most yeah. importantly. But I hate them. <laughs> so. Hello, <are> you? <laughs> Now, you remember Linus, the boy next door? Well, last autumn, things were going well on the Mulready farm until Linus started snooping. Things got so serious, Santa had to intervene. We let Olivia explain. <clears throat> little guy next door, uh, his name is Linus. They're a lovely family next door. Um, you know, we, we've always gotten on very, very well with them, thank God. Um, and also the little guy, he's a nice little guy, but he, one of the biggest things that Santa had said to us was um, we weren't allowed to let anybody know that Blitzen was here with us. Um, you know, there would have been huge repercussions as a, if they did. Of course, the children would have loved for their friends to come in, but it was just a big no-no. We had to keep this secret safe. And one day, God bless him, Linus was uh, looking over the hedge and sure, Blitzen had a little peek out from uh, his barn where he was. And I think he caught a little glimpse of him. And, and as I was trying to explain to you, you would know that this wasn't a reindeer, just a normal old reindeer. This was a quite a special reindeer with something different about him. I was just sitting there and with my binoculars and I was looking through and I saw the reindeer running really fast. And then he started jumping and then he hovered up on the ground it must have been one of Santa's but why here on this farm? Why in Wexford? Why didn't he go to some other place? It's really really strange I'm sitting down having a cup of tea a much needed cup of tea and I hear a knock on the door and I go out open the door looking around and I look down and who's standing there? Only little Linus So I walked up to the door and I rang the doorbell and then Olivia answered. I say to the little lad, how are you, love? And all he keeps saying to me is, I know what's going on. There's something going on. I know what's going on. I said, I know your secret. You have a reindeer and he's able to fly. You have a flying reindeer. He's making me extremely nervous, but my instinct reaction is to say to him, what on earth are you talking about? You know, and, and, and just put him off as best I can. And then Linus dropped the bombshell. I then said to Olivia, why'd you steal this reindeer? Where'd you get him? You must be holding Santa a ransom. What are you doing? We kept our secret for so long and for this little guy to be telling me at the door that he thought we had kidnapped one of Santa's reindeers. It was a shocker. And then he just turned around on his heel, marched off. I called after him, but he completely ignored me. I went home and I told my parents that the Mulroddies were after stealing one of Santa's reindeer and you have to do something about it. My mum and dad went mad. They just went crazy. They said that it was a load of nonsense and that they, she, they, they couldn't have gotten Santa's reindeers. It was just a load of nonsense. Well, I wrote a letter to Santa and I said, um, Dear Santa, this letter has nothing to do with presents. Linus, our, la- our neighbour, thinks we kidnapped your reindeer. He's going to tell the guards. All the best, Lynn. P.S. On second thoughts, I won't mind a Nintendo Wii. I got a letter from Santa then. It had a, a stamp on it and it said North Pole and it was bright green with red. I have the letter here. Will I read it? Dear Linus, I would like to say a quick word. You are a very in- in- inquisitive boy. I just wanted to drop drop you a line to say the reindeer that you saw flying in your next door neighbour's farm that is my reindeer that's Blitzen Blitzen is being nursed at your neighbour's I thank you for your concern but all is good Christmas is coming so I hope so I hope you are you are on your best behaviour between now and then your friend Santa Claus 
And now I'm putting away all my spite here because I know that it's Santa's reindeer and that I'll, I have to keep a secret or else I won't get a really good present. Okay, now lads, our last day with old Blitzen. Will you be sad to see him go? Yeah, does he have to go, Dad? I'm afraid so. He has his work to do. Colin, say goodbye to him properly now. Goodbye. Can't he just? Can you just stay for another few days? Yeah, please. Well, he has to go when Santa comes to get him, lads. There's nothing we can do about that. Well, the most amazing thing for me, having been able to touch Blitzen and stroke his coat, was that this was the reindeer that delivered my telescope all those years ago. And that was just such a fantastic feeling. At last, in a way, so thank him for all the pleasure he's given me over the years. I know, it's very sad. But today is the day we've prepared ourselves. When is Santa coming? He has to come. I'm not too sure, but he's coming at some point today. Hey, stop now. Look! Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Hello! 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 And Colum and Olivia and Pat. Hello! Hello, Santa. Hello, Santa. Hello, Santa. Oh, my Oh, he's put on a lot of condition. He's almost as tubby as Santa Claus himself. <laughs> I think you've been feeding him too well, Ed. <laughs> I wonder will you be able to fly, Blitzen? Look, watch your harness. Oh, look at that. He's perking up already. And look at those fetlocks. He's well-mended as well, yes. And he'd be glad to get back and meet all his friends, Cupid and Comet and all the other boys back at the North Pole. And tell me this. Oh, they two reindeer that you have here, yes. They're our own reindeer, and they've been great friends to Blitzen while he's been here. Oh, yeah. yes, but of course they can't fly, you see them. No. They must have been very jealous of you, Blitzen. And how did you keep him from flying away? He was trying to fly away a few times, but oh, um, yes. uh, we, we had to make sure he wouldn't. But no. he... He, he kind of listened to us. And he oh, he's very... Well, that's great. You've built up a great rapport with Blitzen there. Now, Blitzen, I think it's time we got you back because you know you're going to have to be on the harness on Christmas Eve. And that's when I'll see you all again on Christmas Eve, although you won't see me. So bye-bye, Lynn, and bye, Colm, and bye, Pat, and bye, Olivia. Thanks. Come on, Blitzen. Bye, bye, Santa. Bye, bye, Blitzen. Bye, bye, Blitzen. Bye, bye. There he is. There he is, gone, huh? I'm sure he'll come back to visit when he can, once Christmas is out of the way. All right? Maybe what about in the summer? Maybe in the summer. That's probably the best time, yeah. But you know what we should do now? Go in and get ready for our presents. Oh, yeah. Come on, let's go. It's the end of our story. A special year for the Mulreadies. And I suppose the moral of the story... In case you were wondering, is that magical things do happen on Christmas Eve. Mm.